Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today's special interview episode we have is Michael Pina this week of Sports Illustrated. Michael could not have been better on this interview. He gave us a lot of good insight, but we get a chance to talk about the backstory of the article. The article itself is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You missed it. You missed the boat. We all read this yesterday. Okay, so you have a chance. Go check it out. Stop the podcast. I've never said that. Stop the podcast. Go back. Go to find Michael's stuff. You can go follow us at Grizz underscore lead. Go to Grizz lead. You can find the article we posted about it. Uh, But the article is behind John Morant's sudden ascent to NBA stardom. And we all know that's true being Grizzlies fans is that John Morant is going to be, if not already, a superstar in this league. And so Michael gave us a a backstory about how he was able to uh, kind of find different ways on who he talked to and the stories that he had with Team Morant and then Uncle Phil Morant. When I hear Uncle Phil, I think right away, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is when I hear Uncle Phil. So that was... Uh, That was me probably chuckling in the interview uh, when he said Uncle Phil. But but he could not have been better for the time that he gave us because it was about the story. It's about finding out who John Morant actually is. And the funny thing about all this is the story almost didn't happen twice. Like the first time, and and he'll share with you, he wrote about Zion instead. That was probably smart. Zion is just completely polarizing. That story never really got off the ground with Zion because of the injury. And then now he's been out all season. And then he shares that he took over this John Morant piece, but he wanted it to be more. And this piece is so much more than just more. It gives you pretty much a six-piece honey gold. Add a little, some tenders in there, throw in some bread. You have all of that in this story. But then Ja goes down with the injury and he freaks out because, as he says, this story could have been dead on arrival if he goes out with an injury. But in the end, Ja is still playing. He ends up winning the game against the Pelicans on TNT the day he puts out the piece, so it makes him look even better. And so make sure you check out the article if you haven't. But until then, we're going to give you this pure goodness from Michael Pina of Sports Illustrated. Enjoy. Today's interview is an NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. He is the co-host of the Open Floor Podcast. He's the man behind the latest John Morant article, Behind John Morant's Sudden Ascent to NBA Stardom. He is Michael Pina. What's up, man? How you doing, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How's the uh, how's the Memphians treating you so far? Kindly. Good. Um, no pettiness whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> all of my previous bad Grizzlies takes in my in my career have been swept under the rug. 
So we're good to go. It's, it's been wonderful. Everyone's been so kind. Is there anything that surprised you from, I guess, the love? Because anytime you write about a Memphis player, but anyone in Memphis, anything that's good, I feel like the city embraces you. So has there been anything like just kind of crazy, like, all right, it's, it's a little too much? I expect free barbecue when I go down there in the playoffs, but no, nothing's happened. Uh, nothing's happened so far. That was too crazy. But um, but no, everyone who's, who's shared it and read it, I appreciate you. And uh, thanks to the Grizzlies for, for winning and for Josh for playing well the night the story came out. Yeah, uh, I was actually at the game um, last night and it was a crazy performance that they put on. And really, John never even stepped foot in the fourth quarter, which was nuts. Mm -hmm. um, so you came down to Memphis. Um, what were your thoughts about the barbecue? And was that your first time ever coming into Memphis? It was my first time in Memphis. I, I loved it. It was early, mid-January. I was there for six days, I, I want to say. Okay. Um, went to three games, had... I don't even I don't, I actually don't want to say publicly how much barbecue I ate um, in case my wife listens to this. Um, but it was a blast. And uh, I've never besides like being in Las Vegas for summer league, I've never sat so close to NBA action. Um, so to sit on the court, which is just that's I'm, I live in New York. Um, I go to games at Barclays. I go to games at MSG. I've been in arenas all over, um, all over the country, never sat that close to the action and you can legitimately hear, and I'm just a junkie for this, but you can hear players interact before they check into the game. You can hear coaches interact with referees. Um, you can hear so much and discern so many really intriguing things. And I had a notebook that just none, none of it really made it into the story. I want to say, but like, my notes from just sitting and watching and observing John watching him um, interact with his teammates and watching, you know, just everyone perform on the court was fascinating to me and something I'll honestly never forget. Yeah. And that, yeah, I sat uh, maybe uh, courtside once and then I sat uh, three rows back uh, about a week or so ago. Um, and it was, it's a different experience, right? If you mm -hmm. set 10 plus rows up, you probably don't hear a lot of that. You might see some, you know, if you're a good lip reader, you might be able to figure some stuff out, but it is when you're on the floor, they look so much bigger. Um, so I, I know that you have written a lot. And so you've been with, uh, GQ, New York times, the ringer, 538, Washington post, SB nation, like now with sports illustrated how crazy is it? Because I feel like you're putting out an article every other day, it seems. Uh, yeah, I write a fair amount um, and have over the course of my career for a lot of different outlets. Uh, right now, it's funny just how you kind of migrate over to spending not more time than you want because I enjoy podcasting, but I podcast quite a bit now too. So that's uh that takes up some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of watching basketball, a lot of like last night I watched, uh, man, I watched the Pacers Cavs game, which was a lot of fun. I watched that the Grizzlies Pels game. I watched, um, the Hornets, uh, Nets game until it was just like a total blowout. And then I stopped watching and then Kyrie went for like 50 or whatever mm -hmm. he did. So I missed that. I got to catch those highlights at some point, but a lot of watching, a lot of studying, a lot of 
uh, just staying on top of a league that is constantly shifting yeah. beneath your feet. Yeah, that's the hardest thing is even with podcasting of our little Grizzlies podcast that we have here, it's tough because the teams, you know, they're always playing and they're all, there's always something changing. And then with the NBA, that's a whole nother animal. So it's crazy to be able to stay on top of that. Uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the article because this isn't a normal article, right? This isn't an article that you see um, the, the defensive player of the year. You wrote about Jaron Jackson Jr. in that one. I like that. Uh, a lot of other ones that you've had. <laughs> Uh, those are good articles and they are about stuff people think about right now. But when you dig into a player and you dig into the backstory, you have to really enjoy it, but also it has to be a, an article that comes out and you're like, man, that this one feels good because it, it's a lot of time that you spent. So t- give us a little bit about the backstory and what maybe came up as the reason you even just approached this. Yeah, so it's actually, it's kind of funny. So before the season even began, I was looking at John, I was looking at Zion, and I was like, I want to write, you know, my editor was like, what do you got coming up this week? I was like, you know, I want to write about um, the third year leap that one of these guys is going to, is going to make this season. Because I thought both of them, this was, all right, so I thought both of them were going to have tremendous seasons. And Zion's second season was absurd, historic. Uh, Jaws postseason performance. Well, Jaws second season was great. And then in the playoffs, he just went to a different level, like um, was absolutely ridiculous in that series against the Utah Jazz. So I was like, these guys are going to make leaps this season. I'm pretty confident. So I want to preview that a little bit and set the, set the table there. So I chose basically like kind of flipped a coin, went with Zion wrote this piece. The headline is just like Zion is about to just take over the NBA and the day, a day later, it was like, yeah, so David Griffin comes out and he's like, yeah, Zion had surgery. I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, try to take a silver lining with everything. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I still have John Morant um, bullet in the chamber. He, he comes out first few games of the season looking like the best player who's ever lived. And I was like, I really screwed that one up. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. So I'm going to, maybe I can pursue this in, in more depth and we'll actually get something better out of it instead of me just kind of wasting my thoughts on Ja before the season even begins. And so I started reporting the story uh, I want to say early November, wow. uh, late, like, yeah, early mid November, I want to say is when I did my first interview, um, after contacting, um, the Grizzlies and letting them know what I was going to do and, and making, planning a trip to come out. And it was a lot of, I mean, logistically, I don't know how deep we need to get, but like, as the season was going on, just planning my trip to even go down to Memphis because of COVID. And mm, in yeah. December, the league was just, it was a completely different um, environment than I guess league in the country as well. We're in completely different, a completely different place. And teams were canceling um, shoot arounds and practices and um, getting access to players was very difficult. Yeah. So, that was really tricky um, 
to navigate. So I eventually did make it down to Memphis um, in January, like I said, but like, as I'm reporting it, you know, there's the play and I wrote about this in the, in the story where um, against the Hawks, he has the crossover, here's his knee pot. And I, I have like a heart attack in my living room when I'm watching that. Cause I'm like, I had already put so much work into it yeah. with the hope of it being a magazine story. And I was like, if this dude is out for this, like I, I it was, it was truly nervous. I mean, I'm speaking just for me, I can't even imagine what it's like for him and everybody who actually, it actually matters to. Yeah. So no, it's still, um, you're writing an article. Like that's big. Like if he goes out like this, this dies probably. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That would, that would be it. I got to transition to something else. So you know, I'm in constant contact with people around him, like, okay, like, how serious is this? When's he going to come back? And it was really interesting just hearing people be like, oh, yeah, like, he's like, the, the, he's, he's going to blow past the timetable. Like, don't even worry wow. about it. He got COVID. And then they were like, yeah. and I was nervous about that. And they're like, yeah, don't even worry about that. Like, he would be back playing right now if it wasn't for COVID. So I was like, okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, and the other thing was our initial, one of our initial thoughts was having the article come out before um, All-Star to kind mm. of preview like, okay, this guy is, uh, he's made this leap into being an All-Star. And that was right. kind of the framing of my first few interviews. And then it's like, okay, that's really underselling what's happening here. Because he's not just an all-star. Like, he's now a borderline top five, top six player in the world at 22 years old. He's scoring in the paint unlike – well, he's scoring more in the paint than everyone in the entire NBA. Yeah. But more, also more in the paint than LeBron ever did, than Dwayne Wade ever did, than Russell Westbrook ever did, James Harden. Name anybody um, short of – in the past 25 years, short of Shaq, Giannis – Zion during his second season. I might be forgetting maybe someone, but I want to say he also is averaging more points in the paint than Tim Duncan ever did. Just like absolutely, absolute insanity. So it's like, there's something clearly special happening here and his trajectory is completely changing in a way that um, I don't think anyone anticipated if they were speaking honestly. And so it was just constantly shifting with, okay, what is this story actually about now? And then it was like, okay, we got to actually hold this until after all-star weekend, because this guy, like there's more here and right. it's, we, we should not be settling for, um, okay. Ja is now an all-star. That's, that's wonderful. Um, because he's, he's clearly proven to be way more than that. Yeah, he is. Um, I, and I'm glad you didn't just put it out because that's the timetable, right? Cause that's the all-star game. And a lot of people will do that. They'll just rush it out because, um, Hey, it's going to have the most eyes on it. If it's a good story and it's good content, which this is obviously it's amazing. Um, people are going to be drawn to it in a different way because it's different and it's genuine. The details in it, the honesty, um, it, it's, it's very in-depth. And that's why I wanted to kind of just specialize on talking about the article and the backstory, because I think that there's things in here that people don't actually understand. And honestly, how much time it takes to get all this information. And so that's really what I want to kind of, you know, really specialize just in this podcast on. Um, Is there anyone that you kind of came across, whether it's phone conversations or something that you maybe talked to somebody personally 
that just kind of maybe surprised you or somebody that it just popped off. You're like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is like a gym. <laughs> um, well, I knew go- go- going in from just talking to other writers um, in Memphis when I went down there to introduce myself to a lot of people who covered the team regularly, told them what I was doing. And like, oh, you got to talk to T. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, I, that, I was planning on it, but... Yeah. You're like the ninth person who's told me that. Um, and I had a couple conversations with T. Yeah, it was like, it was as good as advertised. Incredible stuff. Um, one of the better storytellers I've come across in all my time doing this. And um, I also reached out to uh, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil Morant, Um shot him a DM on Instagram. He got back to me in like 10 minutes. Uh, Had about an hour long conversation with him on the phone. And he's just has me, if I, when I was transcribing the interview, it was like probably like 20 minutes just had nothing to do with anything. And we were talking about like the, you know, he's a, he's a Raiders fan and I'm a Patriots fan. And we were like going back about this, the snowball and the ice game, the tuck rule. And it's just like, such genuine um authentic people and you could clear like they they, obviously they adore ja and and love him and speak adoring about him but also speak honestly and they would tell me like really wonderful anecdotes and stories that help me understand the subject better so i i appreciate those two a lot there were a ton of great interviews but those two in particular were um they really stood out yeah, Jaw is, uh, I, I feel like the family, they're honest and that's really, um, and they're genuine. I think that's what comes across to most people because um, in Memphis, it's a, you know, it, I guess you consider it a semi okay big city, you know, to other small towns. Um, but it's, it's literally, it's a, it's a small market, it's the smallest market in the NBA. And because of that, this does feel like a small town and he fits into Memphis. He doesn't realize that he's a Memphian, but he really is. And that's really uh, what he comes off. But um, a couple of questions I have uh, just about the article in general. Uh, but mm-hmm. something I looked at is uh, Jaws, I guess, his work ethic. And I know a lot of it was about him being in the dark and having to really uh, change his, his body, but also just kind of his, his mentality of the whole thing. Um, a lot of it was about the working out. And one of your quotes in here is like Morant polished his strength, which is the ball handling honed in on his, uh, areas of weakness, uh, which everybody knows what they might be, you know, mainly it was three point shooting, but shooting in general. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I found was the, the part in the very end or towards the end of this, it was, uh, while he rested at night, the work didn't stop. Morant studied how opponents guarded him and the Grizzlies last year. He's an elephant. Draper said. He remembers every single detail. Did that, I guess, pop off to you as, as it did maybe to me that maybe his his learning and his work ethic, not just his ability and his skills, might be his most dangerous asset? Yeah, I, you know, it's a great point by you. I think that heading into um researching and reporting the story i personally overlooked uh his his incredibly high iq and his ability to break down like this guy sees the kitchen sink every night he sees every pick and roll coverage you can imagine and 
he still gets what he wants. Like team, you can't, Yeah. everybody knows what he wants to do. He wants to drive left, finish with the scoop, gets to it. <laughs> it's like five, six times a game. It's like truly remarkable. But beyond that, it's like the understanding of, okay, I'm a point guard. Um, my points are not important. I need to set everybody else up. I need to, if you just watch the first five minutes of last night's game against yeah. the Pelicans, like the plays he was making, it was just, it was, it was next level stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everybody, not everybody as as Dylan Brooks told me um, forcefully over the phone when I said, I think everybody works hard, but <laughs> I think like a majority of players, I want to say take film study seriously. Uh, but he just, he loves it. And when you have also a, apparently a photographic memory, that certainly helps. And his ability to recall plays um, from, you know, okay. It's something that LeBron is very famous for. Rondo's very famous for two of the other smartest players in the league or Draymond. They can just recall specific possessions from a game two weeks ago and what went wrong and what went right and who was in the right place and who, who shifted uh, two feet to the left two seconds before they were supposed to, um, to break the play down. Like he's, he's just next level with how he sees everything. And when you combine that with an enthusiasm to learn more and to hold yourself accountable, when you get things wrong, you have just an incredible special talent. Yeah, he is. Um, and like you said, the, the talent is remarkable, but also just the little things that he does that nobody else really probably realizes. Like when he comes out at halftime, he doesn't go into the shooting lanes. He doesn't go back and shoot. He doesn't take a shot after the end of the second quarter into halftime before the third quarter starts. He doesn't take his shots. He literally spends that time in the film room looking at his iPad and going over how they guarded him the first half. Like, those are the little things that I didn't mm-hmm. notice uh, before I started getting more involved. Um, so, yeah, I just want to wrap this up because it's been really good, and I know we talked a lot about it. Um, but the Grizzlies now, what do, what do you think is the future of them? Obviously, this year, I, I think they're playing with house money. Uh, but what do you think the future is in Memphis? Because John Morant's going to get locked up in the offseason to a long-term contract with the Grizzlies. It's going to happen. Um, what is the future for Memphis? And uh, why are we going to be going crazy after we hear what you say? <laughs> <laughs> is that a good or a bad crazy? We're going um, crazy one, or the other, one way or the other. I know, I know, I know, Daniel. Um, I mean, the future... Look, like, I would not be surprised if they won a title um, at some point through the life of this next contract, the Supermax extension that is definitely going to sign. Like, a title would not surprise me. Um, That doesn't, I mean, winning a championship is, like, so ridiculously difficult. And knowing... You know, you need so much. It doesn't matter how how good you are, frankly, or how well you build a team. You can have a play where Jaron Jackson Jr. high ankle sprain in you know game three of the second round, and then that's it. That's yep. your season's. So there's just a lot of different things that go into it. I think if everything breaks right for them, they're certainly trending in that direction. They have the most important ingredient in Ja to win a championship. 
you have really intriguing um, complementary pieces who I can't wait to see how they fare in this year's playoffs. And I think in this, in the short term, I think that getting the two seed is pretty critical for this mm-hmm. Grizzlies team. Um, I think if they can get the two seed, play a Minnesota or a Clippers team that does not have Kawhi and Paul George, um, I think that th- you win that series and then all of a sudden, okay, we're in round two. We're in- they're already an incredibly confident team. They're filled with self-belief. I think that going on from there, I would not want to face the Grizzlies. I think that because of their style of play and how um, how different the regular season is from the playoffs, it might be a little tricky to just look at their record and how they are in the standings and just assume, okay, second best record in the league, conference finals, lock, lock it in. Yeah. It's not really how it works. So for a team that doesn't have a lot of outside shooting, for a team that has one all-star and one guy who can get his own bucket in crunch time of a playoff series of a real, like against a locked in playoff defense. I'm very interested to see just how that, how that shakes out for them when the transition, when the, when the hose kind of goes off with the transition opportunities, when teams are like, okay, like they're league leaders in second chance points. So it's like, okay, you play a team in the regular season, then maybe they don't really care all that much about boxing out in the playoffs. Like everything matters. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing how they adjust to that. Um, I feel like I'm being a Debbie Downer. I hope I'm not, but that's just like the real, the, the reality of it is they are the fourth youngest team in the league. As you said, they're playing with house, house money. No one expected them to be the second best, no. have the second best record in the league in March at all. I think but before the season, I don't know what your expectations were. Mine were like six, uh, seventh you know winning the play-in and then being a tough out in the first round those are my personal expectations coming into the season so yeah it's like you don't usually go from eliminated in five games in the playoffs to the conference finals that usually in the first round that usually doesn't happen that type of leap so again i'm just really looking forward to seeing how everything kind of shakes out for them and I hope they stay healthy. I want to see Dylan Brooks back with this team. I've, I missed watching him play. Um, but depth, the depth that they have that's so valuable in the regular season, it kind of is less critical in the right. playoffs. So it's going to be fascinating. Um, but again, I know this is a really long-winded answer, but it's a really fun topic to talk about. Um, they have so many assets and resources going forward that like, it's like you got cap space, you got potentially three first round picks yeah. in this, in, like in this year's draft, like so many different moves that uh, the front office can make. You have the culture, you have the coaching staff, you have um, the, 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 just the, the, the obvious chemistry between these guys who love each other and love playing with each other. You have continuity so like, yeah, a championship is for sure on the table. And I don't think I'm like breaking news by saying that. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, you're definitely not breaking news. We all think that. But the fact that it's being able to be said by more than just us stupid Memphians that believe that our team is the best. 
we actually have the chance to just be in the conversation of maybe winning a championship one day. And that's the coolest thing um, because that that's never happened in here uh, anywhere close. We don't have anything that of championship of any sort, uh, which is really cool, but man, I can't thank you for your time uh, enough because it has been a blast. Um, I could listen to you all day. Talk about one of our guys. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. been, uh, we're, we're very proud of him. Uh, he is Michael Pena. He is um, at Michael V Pena at Twitter. All right, good. I didn't mess it up. <laughs> no, you're good, Daniel. Go check it out. It is the latest article. It's a Sports Illustrated article behind John Morant's sudden ascent to NBA stardom. And he even used the word petty in there, which I'm happy about. Shout out to you. We didn't even get into how I interviewed you for the story, man. We, we, we don't get to go, go into that deep dive behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah, Another. the behind the scenes of uh, falling <laughs> on the floor and being wished away to the trash can. See you later. See you later, article. <laughs> yeah, so the backstory is uh, Michael interviewed me about the uh, the deal. Uh, John Rant calling me out after the Lakers game. Uh, revisiting that two years ago, it was fun. Uh, we fell out on the uh, the editing floor. We never made it to the article. <laughs> Daniel, that was not my choice, as you know. One of my favorite anecdotes. Um, but thanks so much for having me, man. This yeah. was this was a, a true blast. Um, anytime uh, you want to have me on again, I'd I'd love to uh, to to offer the little insight that I have and uh, appreciate it, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. Maybe uh, playoffs. Maybe. We'll get hey, man. Back. I. I I want to get down there. I want to get down there. Yeah. I want to get down in Memphis again. Uh, hopefully they go on a deep run. Let's do it. We'll meet up Memphis playoffs and we'll do this whole thing again. Thanks again to Michael for coming on here. Make sure you go follow him and follow this piece, read the piece, but follow him for his, his articles that are going to be coming out other than the John Morant stuff. As I talked about earlier, he had the story about potential defensive player of the year. That included our Jaron Jackson Jr. So go check out that article as well. But make sure you go follow Michael at Michael V. Pina. So now the Grizzlies take on the Knicks on Friday. So make sure you tune to that. There's another home game, which is awesome. It's also going to be carried on NBA TV. And then the Grizzlies take on a Sunday night game, which is going to be at Oklahoma City against the Thunder. And that wraps up the week that is. And so the Grizzlies had a great game against the Pelicans last night. And I expect that they continue the same thing that they just did against the Pelicans. If they continue to play with that style of energy, but also the same thing with the guys just coming off the bench and just helping out, this team is scary good. And I'm excited to watch them. But the other thing is, I'm going to be out of town. I think I shared that on my last podcast that I will be off and I will probably not be recording unless it's something pretty important. We're going to have some guest hosts on here. Uh, We should have at least one guest hosted podcast, if not two, depending on how my trip goes. Uh, And so besides that, make sure you go check out the podcast. They're still going to be really good uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun on those, but But this next week, we do have a guest host podcast. But make sure you tune in. Show this guy some love. I'm hoping it is going to be the Grizz lead guys, uh, led by Nathan and even Chris. Uh, But I haven't really asked him and figured everything out yet. So if it's not them and it's somebody else, just show them some love. 
We've got a lot of uh, good college basketball coming up, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Go check out your Memphis Tigers. There's a lot going on with them in the conference tournament that is going to be shaping up the end of this week, as well as finding out Selection Sunday just where they're going to be in the field of 64. All right, well, that's all we have. Again, thanks to Michael for coming on here. The dude was amazing. Like, I could have listened to story time with Michael for a lot longer than he was on here. And I think he felt bad at one point because he said he was, you know, I felt like he's talking too much. But, but man, I don't know about y'all. I was just sitting here just, just raking it in. Anytime you talk about one of us, one of our Memphians, one of our guys, We'll listen to you talk about one of our guys anytime you want. So hopefully Michael will be back on here. We'll get him back on maybe closer to the playoffs or in the middle of the playoffs uh, to share his insight. But that's all we have. Let's have a great week. Let's have a great rest of the weekend that's coming up. And let's have a great selection on Selection Sunday for our local Memphis Tigers. Be nice and tell your friends.